This is a HeadGum Podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Well, I got it. Heaven! Damn it. I have a crush on every boy! I'm a virgin. Hillary Gump. It's me. This is so good. What is it we are the same, you and I. We are two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. And I am the Snow Caroline. She's the Snow Caroline. And we make a snow show. <laughs> we're going to have some Good Christian Fun. Good Christian Fun is where two lonely children reach for eternity. <laughs> And talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment, things of that nature, made for, made by, made about, made to, made us love letters from Christians. That was a clip of, uh, mm. I don't know if he was a Christian or not, Colonel Tom Parker. He was a Christian. He was. I think at least regionally. Yeah. <laughs> Which region? Right. That's the Great the Lakes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks' rendition of him in... I almost called it The Snowman. It's called Elvis. <laughs> I mean, that movie should have been called Elvis, Snowman. I gave you all the clues. Elvis. I know. I can't stop doing that voice. But listen, uh, we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We will make fun of Colonel Tom Parker, though, uh, and maybe even more later this week. But we're here to talk about Christian music today. Caroline, we're going to dive in into a song that's particularly important mm-hmm. and special to our podcast, to our show, it's something that is basically played every single episode the DNA of the show. Of our, of our show. The blueprint. We're taking it apart. We're taking apart the genome and inspecting it. We're and diving seeing, in within a dive in. That's right. We're seeing, are the bones sturdy right. of this house? And we're finding we maybe built- not. <laughs> People have been saying we we're built on sand for years. Yeah. Um, we've defied them. Well, there's the parable of the podcast that was built on sand, the <laughs> podcast that was started at Earwolf, the, the podcast, podcast that was started at uh, Independent Network, the podcast that started behind the paywall. Right. There was never a paywall option to a free show. It was just always behind the paywall. Right. And that was d- deeply cursed by Satan. That's right. <laughs> and then were the other uh, podcasts, the podcast built on Jake and Amir's Bricks? credibility. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> College humor runoff, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's, that's pretty solid. You said bricks as if the parable is about the, the three, little, three, pigs, yeah, three little pigs. <laughs> the three disgusting little pigs. You don't want to be a podcast built on hay. Do I know re- that. Before we get to it, do you remember on Sesame Street a couple years ago? This will this will give you a very specific timestamp. Do you remember that they did do a rendition of the Three Little Pigs, a fable, mm-hmm. but they did it as a House of Cards parody. Yes. And the big bad wolf was like, I'm going to blow the house down. He was doing a Frank Underwood impression. <laughs> well, I'm friends with Kevin Porter, so I was made aware. That's true. <laughs> there, there was no way it wasn't going to be across my radar. But yeah, because normally I'm not watching Sesame Street. I'm watching, you know, big girl shows like Selling Sunset. Yeah, that's right. Big girl, <laughs> girl shows like Selling Sunset. Um, but yeah, that was crazy. And I remember thinking at the time it was hilarious. 
And yeah, that was so fun. It was called House of Bricks. There was a Game of Thrones one that Sesame Street did too, Ooh. which Thanks. I feel like has less of an access point even than House of Cards for children. How many it. whores are in the whorehouse today? <laughs> One, two. This three. week we're doing a Better Call Saul parody <laughs> on Sesame Street, I guess. Uh, but we're not talking about Three Little Pigs or Bert and Ernie. We're talking about um, a, a little man. I, I think he's probably pretty little. Yeah. He seems petite, little. That's what we say. Yeah, and he seems cute in that way. Precious. Uh, uh, a young man named Stephen Curse Chapman, who's probably in his 50s, and his song Dive. We're talking about Dive. You know Dive. You know Dive. This song is 23 years old at this point. Wow. Isn't that crazy? This song can drink. This song can almost buy a car or rent a car. Huh. Wait, can you buy a car before you can rent a car? Can you buy is a car? Is that true? I think it is true. Car. We're getting confirmation in the room. Yeah, we're getting nods. That's I guess. Wild. Yeah, like how old do you have to be before you can own property? That's a legal question. I don't know. Okay, well, hopefully Dexter, we're gonna f- any clues? We're gonna find out the the answer to that and more <laughs> you can't after believe. we introduce you our very special guest. She's gonna clear it up for us, friends and folks. She knows a little something about music. You may know her from the Screw. We're just gonna talk about the Beatles podcast. Give it the hell up for Katie Platner. Wow. That was so well timed. Was it? Really nice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. You're speaking our language. So welcome, Katie. Great. How's um, it going? Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks um, for joining us we, on the show. Yeah, we left on a huge cliffhanger, yeah, which is so if you, you can buy a car before you can rent it. Or own property at what age? And um, we are relying on you. The audience is, is clamoring to know. I mean, you certainly can own pro- What I'm wondering. You can definitely buy a car when you're 18. What I'm wondering is if yeah. you're like 16 and you have cash and buy a used car or whatever, like, can the title be in your name? That I don't know. But I feel like, yes. Right. And, you know, in the movie Grease, they are playing for pinks. Pink, pink slips, yeah. which is the owner's papers. I yeah. Assume. And what is all this? of They're those people are clearly high school age. Yes. Yeah, so so. a 16 year old is probably on the cast. And I don't think they would put it in the movie if it wasn't accurate. I feel like if you can have a job and get paid and pay taxes that you, you can yeah, well, own a car. You need a car to get to the job. Right. Yeah. And I just feel like you if if you're 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 in money world now. You're, you're big mon- enough. Yeah, you are. You're a part of the economy. I think actually, once you start babysitting, you're you're already a, a worker. Yeah, and babysitters should unionize. <laughs> well, and Caroline's Honestly, been pretty yes. consistent actually, about this platform about the union. Huge is, things for the, me. And, and you were actually happy that the new Babysitters Club on Netflix got canceled <laughs> because they did not share your beliefs. No, they were views. all so happy to have a boss of the unionization. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I know. Unfortunate. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us yes, on the show. Yes, of course. Thank you. Now. I, I have an annoying pitch that I, I, I want to run by you. You are uh, part of the host team. I guess you would call her the panel on a show called Screw It. Yeah. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. You talk about the Beatles in great detail. Every album, when new films come out, films about them, documentaries of them, when Paul's doing a, his own little thing mm-hmm. and rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, you cover it all. Now, here's something that I do want to pitch because this did come from a real life moment that I shared with a friend of mine, which is that she is uh, very deeply into the Beatles catalog. And so what we did 
is put all the Beatles songs on one playlist and then put on shuffle. Mm -hmm. And then what I tried to do is to get her to identify the Beatles song based on playing less than one second of the beginning of each song. I am incredible at this game. Are you actually? Not even Beatles specific, but in general, if there's a song I know, I know it within one second. You know the opening note like that? Have we talked about this, Caroline? This game? Yeah. This concept? Yes. I feel like I just said something way too big and now I'm scared that you're yeah, going to test me and I'm going to do poorly. a lot but of confidence out there. But I think I think actually you will be able to accomplish this it. This is a game that I've played at home like with my husband of putting something on shuffle and uh, where I will hear like half of a piano note and be like, it's shimmy shimmy ya. Whoa. Which is not a Beatles song to be very clear. Uh, it's old dirty bastard. Baha but, Men Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, not that one. But, but the yeah. rest oh, of I'm Baha Men I'm wrong every time, but I say it so fast. <laughs> yeah. You're so quick. There is, there's actually a game that came, just to be clear, after I discovered this game with a friend of mine, I'm sure literally dozens of people across suing? the country. No, I'm not suing because about it. it's called Heardle. Have you played Heardle oh, before? Oh, it's like Heardle? Wordle, but songs. Yes. Heardle? I've not... Hurdle. So here's how it works. Is it supposed to be hurdle? You're jumping a few hurdles. It is hurdle because here and like herd. Right. What I'm saying. Hurdle. You're right. Yeah. Why was it hurdle? I think that it's supposed to be that to rhyme with wordle. But but it looks. But then it would have been fun to discover that the spelling was here. You know, much like the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How how do you how do you mean? It sounds like the bug, but then you read it. And it's beats, like the spelling of beat. Yes. So well, that's more that could have been what, hurdle, what hurdle had. If you it just think, H-U-R. oh, it's H-U-R, and then you get there, and, and it's like, H-E-R. oh, heard H-E-A-R-T. It's just something oh, fun you can have I know have what you're words. saying. Yeah, that exactly. would have been more fun. Right. Wait, yeah, so this was part of a slew of like Wordle knockoffs that came out where right. like they have one for box office games or like guess the frame, the frame doll, like film doll or whatever oh, it's yes. called. This is a bad. There's so bad many of them. them. Yeah. Wait, I do want to look up and linguistic see issue. if you'll indulge me. I do want to play a quick, a quick round. Okay. I'll that's try. Beatles inspired. Yes, oh God. Okay. Hey. Well, that's Hey Jude. <laughs> that was extremely That's Hey Ya by Outkast. Hey Ya. <laughs> <laughs> that is Hey Jude. <laughs> well, she loves you. They're okay. about to get there. Wow. Uh, do you want to know a secret? That's right. Uh, before this dance is through, I think I love you. I'm so happy when you dance with me. Hell yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm happy just to dance with you. Thank you. I was just singing this song. That, um, that's revolution, right? Hell yeah. Okay. This is so fun. Okay, that's... Um, <laughs> I'm looking through you? That's right. Yeah, wow. Ooh, this one I don't know. Mm, that sounded like a studio session. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Don't yet. let me down, right? That's right. Oh, is it? Oh, I just forgot that it starts. It's the first with rooftop performance. Of course. Well, that I would have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some of these See, are like I don't little know. B-sides I know and the stuff. like of course, yeah. album mm-hmm. and past masters text. ones. I don't have that level of detail. <laughs> for, like I've heard anthology or like a bunch of bonus shit, but I don't have them right. on lock in quite the same way. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's good to admit, you know, you don't know everything. Yeah, and it's good Thank to be humble, humble by both mm-hmm. of us. Isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome this to our show. That's what I needed. <laughs> um, I've just seen a face. That's right. Okay, one more. 
yesterday. Okay, come yeah. on. <laughs> and then Caroline, I'm going to do this with uh, some of the uh, greatest hits of GCF for you right now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, my mind is as blank as a desert right now. There is nothing there. I got nothing for you. Close. That was Flood by Jars of Clay. <laughs> okay, next song for Caroline. All right. That feels familiar. <laughs> That's, you know, it's like I've been dropped into the you neighborhood I song. lived in when you I was four. Know you know, but it's yeah. like, what? what is it about this place? <laughs> um, can you do it one more time? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, it's Only Hope. Only Hope by Switchfoot. Switchfoot. And then finally. More importantly, Manny Moore. My life be like. Ooh, ah, ooh, hey! ah. Ooh, ah, by Grits featuring Toby Mac. Yeah, that felt like I was being spoon fed wow. a little bit, but that's, I appreciate it. <laughs> to have you the wanted to give me one win. The, yeah, I did. I wish I could do this for you. I know it's your greatest desire to um, get to do this with we'll, some Bruce songs. We'll do, we'll do a second service someday. I can handle the laptop. And you know you can you can still answer. Oh, so, sometimes Katie, we've gone through it where I I do drive a little bit with the laptop, which is not a controlled thing, but sometimes I will give it to Caroline, and somehow yeah, the episode always and goes the, a little off road. It gets a little. In a, it's artistic in a vehicle that's maybe not built for off roading. <laughs> it's more like we're building the car as we're driving it. <laughs> and that's, and kind that's of the You don't know metaphor. what you're going to need on the car till you get out there. Exactly. That's so true. Oh man. Okay. You well, second plan service. plan a car. <laughs> You can't, you wouldn't plan a car. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Anti-planster. That's right. Uh, it's plurtle. Yeah. Plurtle. Katie, we would love to know about your history and background with just religion in general and faith. Great. I don't believe you grew up in a conservative Christian household. No. You grew up a different way. You weren't yeah. so privileged. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in a fairly secular household and by fairly I mean almost entirely like mm. uh, my mom was raised Protestant um, my dad was raised Jewish I grew up closer just geographically to the Jewish side of my family so I kind of grew up identifying with that a little bit mm. more um, but we did holidays for both I think why I <laughs> identified with Judaism a little bit more is just culturally or I was around just like old New York Jews all mm -hmm. the time when I was a kid. Um, I'm not from New York. These were all people that retired in Arizona. Uh, oh, but okay. but they Arizona were from were New York? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Phoenix. And then my grandparents um, lived in a retirement community called Sun City, which nice. is just outside of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all one big metro Famously, area. Famously, Stephen Van Zandt protested it. Uh, in song. Oh, really? Do you remember that? I don't know. It was an anti-apartheid protest song about Sun City in Africa. And there's this... <laughs> I was like, apartheid? Was a, I mean, you have to be 65 to live there. That but was is that apartheid? unfortunate but, reach that I should no. not have made. I apologize to Someone my co-host, like our guest, I the listener. You. Yeah, that's okay. I ain't going to play Sun City. It. It's a celeb-filled video you can look up on YouTube. <laughs> It's probably not about my grandpa driving a golf cart to Costco. <laughs> you might be surprised. It could be, you know, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> you look it up and he's there on the bridge like, ooh, me? Yeah. What, wow. what kind of stuff do you feel like they imparted to you? I mean, was it just like conversation or did you feel like they told you like, this is what it means to be Jewish or this is like a thing we do? I feel like because of the holidays that there was 
more of that. So, you know, like for a Passover Seder, I was the youngest, which meant I got to do a lot of reading out loud, which Ooh, was great for me. Um, but, you know, for, for Passover and Hanukkah were kind of the big ones. Like sometimes I would be like, can I stay home from school on Rosh Hashanah? And my dad would be like, if you go to temple and I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> um, but trade one school for another in that case. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, there's stuff like that that in retrospect, like I, my cousins had bar and bat mitzvahs and I was like, are we going to do that? And my parents were like, if you want to, but obviously you'd have to go to Hebrew school. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then I, re- but I really wish I had done it. Like, I feel like I missed out a little bit. Um, Wait, it's not too late, Katie. Just go now. <laughs> Let's see, well, it's two years till I'm 36. So, oh, wait, no, I need to be 39 to be three times 13. Three times okay. 13. So, okay, in five years, I'll, in five years, I'll you do it. Probably three yeah. times the reading, though. Oh, fuck. But that That's sounded so like long. a good thing for you. You know, you get to yeah. flex oh. those skills. Yeah. <laughs> I need to <laughs> just to phonetically read. memorize Hebrew for <laughs> a long time. Um, but I feel like because of the, the holidays or the Passover Seder, like there is more of the tradition is like, this is what happened to our people. Mm. Or um, also, I feel like just um, being in elementary school in the 90s, we had a lot of Holocaust exposure. Um which I mean, which I was aware of before anyway, but then at school and I think there was more of that sense of like, we've just been chased around the world this whole time. And mm, like my right. great grandparents on that side um, moved to New York from what was then Russia is now Belarus and Poland, but um, in like the 1910s to escape pogroms. And it's wow. like, you know, so that yeah. I feel like the history of it always felt more present to me. Very recent. You know, yeah. And I think too. both of my grandpas, but um, fought in World War Two, And so I think just World War Two and Holocaust knowledge that there is like so much weight attached to that in mm. addition. So neither of my parents was raised like particularly devoutly. So there wasn't ever like tension with family on either side mm-hmm. for that. That's um, cool. So I do feel like I was closer to that, but not in necessarily like a faith or spiritual kind of way, but more of like a cultural, a cultural, ethnic experience group thing. Yeah. yeah. It does um, feel different too. when it's like, Oh, that's my heritage. This is my context. This is our history. We all have together. And yeah. it's like people in my family that like remember this time now that I'm reading about. So that, that would connect a lot more. Yeah. And I think part of it was just realizing very young that in, a, for a lot of people that like white and Christian was average or ordinary Mm -hmm. and so i think that it also just appealed to me for seeming more interesting (laughs) if that you know what i mean just Mm -hmm. that it was like different yeah just slightly just a slight variation was like yeah um and yeah so i was not my mom has told me that when i was like three or so that she explained like the story of easter to us and that i was like uh okay so jesus is a zombie and my mom was like well it's good we weren't trying to get that to stick. <laughs> so, it's hard to really get her to take that, that yeah. off the plate. Once you think of Jesus as a zombie as a child, that's a hard one. That's a sticky thought. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was away. just like also an intense little kid that was constantly like, why? What is this? Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. And uh, so it, it. Which feels aligned with 
cultural Jewishness, though, doesn't it? In a way, with the whole thing, you know. I think of the the a simple the Coen Brothers movie. Oh, what's it called? Simple Simple Man. Man, Yeah, yeah. Or no, a serious man. A serious man. Yeah, a simple man is a different kind of movie. (laughs) I would imagine. No, serious man, where the whole thing is he's questioning and kind of interrogating three different rabbis, and at the end of it, they're like, I don't know, but. But kind of yeah. reflecting that the question's more important than the, the answers, etc. I, I think mm-hmm. that, like, I don't remember being explicitly taught that, mm-hmm. but I think that that vibe was there, mm-hmm. of that it didn't feel so rigid, or it felt like... And, you know, also because we weren't orthodox or anything, so, like, we weren't keeping kosher, or we weren't whatever, so there... that my understanding at least as a kid of Christianity is that there were way more guidelines and like, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. If you do this, you're going to hell. If you do. And like Judaism was more like, let's all just calm down and eat some stuff that's pickled. <laughs> and like, why doesn't everybody just complain for a little bit? And it's nice. And that's what, yeah. So that is stocks history. That's the culture for me. Yeah. That um, good. Whereas, yeah, evangelical Christianity is a little more, the cosmetic placation of pleasantries and general friendliness. Maybe your experience of the Jewish cultural thing is uh, we can be negative. We can vent a yeah, little bit. Let's it's be okay. real. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, then, yeah, I think I was very, uh, there it just is the kind of cultural dominance of Christianity. So I did go through little things of being like, should I be worried about this? <laughs> Am I okay? Do I? Did you have anyone at school in the area or anything who like took you to a Christian yes. service and stuff? Oh, okay. What was that like? Not services exactly, but um, someone that I knew in this would have been, I think, eighth grade, um, was like involved. Phoenix has several mega churches. Mm-hmm. One, the one that she went to is actually Baptist, I believe, um, and. I had heard from her about this boy in her youth group she had a crush on, and it was a whole thing. And then I like was like, I'll go to one of your youth group things, I'll, whatever. And I went and was immediately like, oh, oh, oh no. Like, <laughs> what wasn't cool about it? Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, what was it that like was make you ch- have a chill go down your spine? Because, <laughs> okay, I want to be very clear up front that I am completely fine with people having whatever faith they want to respect that. Oh, so yeah. Scientology you're, you're cool with is what you're saying? Is wow. that a faith? I don't know. <laughs> that, I don't know. You won't be causing disrespect to us yeah. or anyone. Yeah, please. But I mind. think oh, yeah. that there are, I have, I know people now currently who are Christian and real into it and where I'm like, that's cool. And you seem to actually be embodying the values in a way where mm-hmm. like, great, we're cool. But where sometimes talking, you're like, oh, we are just not really in the same universe. Okay, so I work as a speech therapist. And within the speech pathology world, there is a very large, like, Christian helper profession Pinterest subculture. Does oh, this make my sense? Gosh. Yes. Explain this. Okay. Yeah. Helper. <clears throat> so, like, anyone in kind of like a. It's the same vibe as nursing like, yeah, or just like a, yeah. nursing, <clears throat> kindergarten teacher, yes, people that yes, use yes. the word kiddo all the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that I reject <laughs> oh in this gosh. subculture as well. Yes. That is um, wild. And of course, speech pathology would be, a yeah, people would be in there doing that stuff. But I would have never known this had you not told me. It's 
it's big. Um, it is very funny going to like a national speech therapy or speech pathology conference and being like, oh, wow, I am one of 13,000 women with a matching tote bag. Here. <laughs> like, it's very weird. Wait, I think I might be a little unclear on the culture. You're saying okay. within speech pathology in the same way that like in nursing or, or, or whatever the thing is, that's like a helper oriented, a service oriented profession. Yeah. There's a strong streak of like Christian sort of what like imagery as as it appears on like public facing or christian stuff? approach no, to things and stuff? i think yeah. approach or more of you know just from having worked with people or people that were in my grad school cohort and whatever mm-hmm. people that are absolutely coming from that background and who are i really am struggling to articulate this the what rubs me the wrong way about it especially I'll, I'll, in a professional example, but this applies to other things, is when sometimes when I see therapists talking to other to parents, let's say, of kids that they work with, and let's say they're both Christian and it's open and this is fine for them to talk about, so I'm not saying that this is unprofessional or anything, but when they'll be like, oh, he's made so much progress or you're talking about whatever, and they're like, oh, I know, isn't God so good? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, but... <laughs> That's not what happened, though. Mm-hmm. Like, right, right. <sighs> yeah, and like I could have done the same work with this child. God would get no credit, and the results would be similar. You know, or yeah. Whatever. Or I yeah. think it's just it. It is such a. I just when you get that vibe that someone's entire wo- worldview is like filtered through this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that is what's alienating to me. Be where I am, just like I don't know if we're fundamentally talking about the same reality or where it's like, Hey, what's up with you? And then they mention something about, and then I prayed on it and this is what happened. And where I'm like, I, okay, I don't, you know, like I want, I I can respect it, but like from a distance, I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about because my old therapist uh, was a Christian. And when some of that language would enter into the discussion, to his credit, it was always prefaced from, well, I, you know, from a Christian worldview, this is kind of what the thing is. It was always kind of caveated with, yeah. I don't think this is the ultimate. I appreciate that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the rest of it was just like basic, you know, DSM therapy yeah. and talk therapy and processing and EMDR stuff. But if that sort of entered into the fray, whatever the process was, or like intersected with some sort of relevance, it was always really packaged and caveated as like a thing that's not core to what we're doing. Like yeah. it's not like yeah. for the glory of God that you're you less anxious. You <laughs> yeah, because like, like what what can be your response in that mm-hmm. moment when someone's like, and God really came through for me, obviously. You can't be like, I agree, because like I don't believe in <laughs> yeah. God, but there isn't another term I can't so you or just I have think- to being like, well. Great, you know, good for you. But it's like, that's not uh, me relating to what they're going through. Or I think the packaging it, like you're saying, or having having that ability to kind of compartmentalize it feels more welcoming. Yes, and understand not everyone thinks this way about this outcome, so I don't have to expect that they'll respond. Because I think that's also where it's like, I'm not shitting on your belief system to be like, 
okay. Right. But yeah, yeah, where it's like, I truly don't know what to say in those moments. Yeah, or like when, I don't think astrology dictates behavior, but when someone's like, yeah, I'm having a really bad day because we're in retrograde right now. You can't be like, yeah, no, it is true. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know. I know like, yeah. There's nothing else you can really say to it. It's and that hard. is, that's honestly my feeling on the whole thing mm-hmm. is like people have beliefs and faiths and I generally always come back to like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> there's no and way I could know that. you be rude to them yeah. either, yeah, and be like, well, probably not. You know, <laughs> but, so you're not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting point because I, I think the thing you would want, and it sounds like what we would all want or whatever the situation is, is just the context and the uh, th- for for people to contextualize personal worldviews rather than the sort of implicit imposition of them or defining someone's reality yeah. for them, and the latitude to refute it if necessary, because yeah. that's really important too. Yeah. I, and not like it would even come up maybe in your work or whatever the conversations would be between the pathologist and the, and the parent. What are you yeah. thinking about? Oh, I was just thinking of her be like God didn't wasn't good for your child (laughs) i just want the room to say that you know but no i i think you're totally right yeah just acknowledge and like this is my reality obviously you i'm not going to assume you think the same way so i'm Mm. not going to make you engage on those terms you know yeah or i i think that that's what gave me a weird vibe of going into a youth group type space in that way of just like y'all are all on the same page and that's great but that makes me walk into this room and feel like a fucking alien. Totally. Like I, uh, are you? Am I allowed to cuss? Yes. Okay. No. Great. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, split Shit. the difference. Yeah, figure that out. <laughs> oh, yes. Frick. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't like that. Uh, but yeah. So I, and then I, I knew I didn't ever get involved in this. But a lot of kids, it was like kind of trendy when I was in seventh and eighth grade, or so. A lot of kids did. Was it called like Young Life? Oh, Young Life. Oh, okay. Caroline did Young Life. Mm-hmm. No. You did? did um, you did crew. I did crew. You I did was the going one named school, after the Crusades. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a need That's for so yeah. cute. <laughs> it's cute. Um, so that was like around, but yeah, I went to that one youth group thing and I was like, nah. I think I yeah. picked up on very young, probably from media stuff, but I think I became aware young of like not liking how much christmas was like a commercial holiday or aware of religion or being kind of skeeved out by religion in terms of like power structure and i think there was a lot of it that was not attractive to me because of a lot of like well here's what women should do and be and i was like no see and dexter doesn't like that either yeah. isn't that beautiful that can, he can share that Hey, tell guy, tell women what to do. <laughs> tell women what to do, Dexter. He's telling you to to speak more. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, speak man. Um, yeah. No, and that's that's a that's such a huge gift. I think even as a kid to have like a, a radar for that kind of stuff. That this is just an automatic no, rather than be like, oh, okay, I guess like yeah, what do girls wear? You know, like I'll do this to please you guys. Like you you automatically ruled that out. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it was my family. Um, I mean, like my mom didn't change her last name, mm. didn't shave her legs, didn't wear makeup, and I was very like, "Yeah, you don't have to do that stuff." Um, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, so that was there, and then I did get involved in a youth group in high school through friends, but it was a youth group in a Unitarian Universalist congregation. Oh. What, what happens there? Like, yeah, we're both oh, like, what? Wow. <laughs> it is. So Unitarian Universalism is 
Have you had other UU people on here? We've had like one, okay. I think. We've had one. Mm-hmm. I've been to a service at one yeah. of those churches. But and I don't, I am not currently a member of any congregation. I'm not really involved anymore. Um, but so I started going to this one just through friends and it was amazing. So it's called, and here's a fun so the acronym the for name. Young Religious Unitarian Universalists is mm-hmm. YRUU, which is what a question. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why are you? Why am I mean? What? Exactly. <laughs> um, That's great. But <laughs> I remember realizing that and being like, because I was like 15. That's but um, so, I mean, I loved like the core group of kind of friends that I started going with. And I re- that's what kept me there. But also like our youth group stuff um one of the kind of curriculum things we did was just like super comprehensive sex ed in terms of like sex over the lifespan and like talking about how do people with disabilities have sex and how to and like so you know all the normal health type stuff but also like consent and sexuality and and like there was a ton that i was exposed to through so the youth group was at our congregation but we did a lot of um district stuff so they were called cons where you'd go over a weekend and everybody it's like a big sleepover in a church somewhere or another congregation so i would come out to california and stuff and sometimes they'd come to arizona and i had friends over here and a whole thing but at those we'd have workshops that would be on like prison reform and um it was very very open so like i had friends who were gay and trans and everything and you know this is the would have been the early 2000s so that was like a great experience for me and then part of unitarian universalism also is like that there isn't a dogma so so basically what what did you sing when you were there was there music there is music so (laughs) the youth group stuff would often be kind of during the service so i didn't go to a ton of just the services i have been since because after so my brother and i graduated from high school um and both moved out and i think it was like an empty nester thing that my parents we're like, well, what do we do now? And so they joined the choir at this congregation oh, okay. and um, have since become like very, very involved where they're uh, on. Com- it's boy, does this religion love choir. committees? <laughs> you, you. It, it, Why aren't you, you in a committee? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up tonight at two in the morning in a sweat and look in the mirror and say, why are you, you? Yeah. Why are you, you? It is like an appalling question. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, so no dogma. You can kind of believe whatever you want. It's basically secular humanism, but with the like communal element of church. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, this answers a question that I have been wondering because, you know, in the future when I have kids, one of the things I did like about putting a kid in youth group or whatever was just like teaching them basic morality, you know, that didn't, wasn't coming from their parents. Yeah. Who they don't listen to, you know. And so I had always wondered at, a, at literally a universalist Unitarian church, like I wonder what they teach there for the kids I'm sure they learn like moral ethic kind of questions and stuff like that. But even hearing beyond that, what you were learning there, such valuable stuff that saved you so much time and wondering, you know, as a as an yeah. adult. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was very liberal leaning um, as a community, which I think was also part of what was attractive about it to me is that it's like, 
just that yeah, I it was like not politically conservative. So yeah. If, mm-hmm. yeah, and well, part of UU is like services are prayer. And so there's a lot of like, instead of saying the right things, you actually go do stuff. And so a lot of like volunteerism and we did a lot of interfaith stuff where sometimes we'd go observe services at other places or we would like meet up with a Baha'i youth group and be like, what's your deal? And um, so I, yeah, that was the, I think the only version of religion that would really ever be in the cards for me. Well, it sounded pleasant, healthy, and a positive experience for the most part. Yeah, so it was great, nice, and like, yeah. and we we would um, there was a camp, like a summer and winter camp, actually. That um, the they still own it. It's called the Beneville Pines. It's kind of by Big Bear, um, but. When I was in high school, they would do, for summer camps, we would, or both summer and winter, for the youth camps, there would be a youth dean and an adult dean. And so I was a youth dean once for for one, where it's like, you just have to help plan everything and make sure there are enough chaperones for stuff and, like, schedule the programming. Because, like I said, there would be these workshop kinds of things where they would be on a bunch of different topics and some would be very silly. And some of it would be, like we're all going to dress up and watch Rocky Horror. And like, there, you know, so it was... Um, Which I could never get my youth group to do. <laughs> yeah. No matter how hard I needed a committee yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a year or two before this, I guess there was a little bit of, like, a crackdown insurance-wise on the camp because it used to be a little bit more, like, anything goes like literally there are Free condoms roaming. on the tables oh in God. the dining hall oh and God. they had to like awesome. curb that stuff <laughs> for parents to be willing to send their you know 14 to 18 year old children here um i can't imagine and so the one that i deemed we ended up having to have like multiple meetings after camp because someone got caught making out with one of the kitchen boys and it was against the room. And it Not was one like, of the kitchen boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, kitchen boys. But where, if, I mean, so part of the reason that I stopped being involved in UU is for, it was like a great community and a great way to meet I guess kind of like-minded people, but it was also like sometimes people believe the same thing as you and they're not fun to hang out with, you know? And so I think I just got to a point of like when I went to college and I made friends and I was like, these can just be my friends. I don't need to go to the version where there's 80 people, 25 of whom I love. Right, right, right. And the rest who were like, fine. Um, And also, like I mentioned, so many committees. Too many meetings. And that where I was like the organization I couldn't do it but um (laughs) yeah so that's essentially it was the bureaucracy that wore you out yeah which is too much red tape too much paperwork it is of the not to minimize but you know of the things that could drive someone out of the church a light one you know a a soft launch it it is truly like and it really has (laughs) so much (laughs) she's in a relationship with Uh bureaucracy and you just see bureaucracy's hand in in her instagram just in a story we're not on main grid they were launching her out you know yeah uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah. um that's that's kind of sweet (laughs) but yeah and but i feel like i've gone through phases of like reading more or like almost anything I know about the Bible is because of literary references where like in literature classes, they'd explain it to me and I'd go, Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, but then I, f- I feel like as an adult, like whenever I have read more about it or there's a lot 
of like teachings of Jesus type stuff for the Sermon on the Mount where it's like, that's good. I love that. I wish this is what everybody who was using the word Christian was doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So I feel like I have like opinions on that, but that I'm <laughs> about judging the, from the outside. The editing of the Bible maybe should have just been that. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> guys, let's out. trim this Better down. Editor. Genealogy. We, can we make it a quibby? <laughs> yeah. Honestly. This could have just been a quibby. <laughs> this yeah. could have just been an email. That's, yeah, that, I think that's a fair take on the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. And do you identify basically as agnostic now or atheist? or? I guess agnostic. I think where I have landed on God stuff is I think making God like a guy makes things smaller in a way mm. that I don't like. So to me, I feel like I get that, I guess, spiritual sense or like gothic sublime kind of deal of just... Like, how improbable it is that anything exists is, like, that is bigger to me. And then if you're like, no, but it was, like, a guy that made it up. Yeah. Then I'm like, but that makes it... I, I, I guess I understand that the point is to make it comprehensible or digestible in some way. And to me, that, like, ruins the coolness of stuff. But what if it's a big guy? It's, <laughs> like, a really big, tall guy. Like, you can't even see his feet when you're even thinking yeah, about like his head. His <laughs> toe is the size of... <laughs> That's a good expression. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just huge. Um, I yeah, mean, like, it, in it a Lovecraftian funny. sense, that inspires a certain sort of cosmic terror sure but get that it is the funniest container for the thing that is is the creative force of the universe and the all-knowing all-powerful it's like is this dude Uh, yeah it just feels so obviously reverse engineered yes yeah it's like let's like if we asked dexter you know what god is and he's like i'm pretty sure it's a german shepherd (laughs) it's like well yeah you would think you know like that is the most powerful force and man, I was looking at that um, those new telescope photos that oh, came out web. today. Yeah. yeah, and the idea of like funneling all that through like uh, one man, you know, two thousand years ago, and then yeah, it, it's just it's so much better disembodied. I think you're right, and, and like the existence of that, I now that I'm sort of post God in, in a lot of ways, I'm like, man, that's more than enough of like my dose of wonder and feeling small and feeling. Um, you know, excited about living in this world. And that's more than enough. Like I don't need additional yeah. reasons to, to think about the greater powers in this world. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah, for me, it's enough to like go to Yosemite and just cry yeah. <laughs> when I look at it. But yeah. um, like I said, I think it feels like a reduction or a simplification in mm-hmm. a way that takes the magic out of it. Like, okay. So for, for example, Let's say there's a room with a bunch of pianos and theremins in it. Okay, I'm put, listening. Yeah, right. And you put 50 cats in this room. <laughs> They're going to wander around and make a bunch of noise. Great. If somehow, while you're listening to this noise, a chord emerges, you hear it as music. Great. That is meaningful to you. If the cats play a song... That's crazy. And if you heard it, you'd be like, this is the most amazing thing I've heard in my life. (laughs) But I think if you found out that the cats were trained to do that, like that's impressive, but it makes it less cool to me. Mm. Like I, I think it's more fun of like accidents are just constantly bouncing off each other. And I am here to witness something. Yeah. Yeah. So he emerged from that. That is remarkable. Yes. Like everything is fucking chaos. And that if you, 
can extract whatever meaning for yourself, like not absolute meaning. But to me, it's like if you heard the chord, that's meaning. Yeah. The cats didn't know they were doing that, but you heard it. You know what this reminds me mm. of, weirdly, as a if I could connect it to this as an emotional experience? There was an episode of freaking This American Life from like 14 years ago. I remember listening to, and it was an improv everywhere stunt that they did where they picked a very low profile band and went to their show and it was like 40 or 50 improv everywhere people but they decided we're going to get into their whole catalog they only had like two albums out we're gonna memorize all the songs and all the lyrics do you know this story I've, yes yes and we're gonna go and have like we're gonna make them feel amazing at this show because they're like probably expecting maybe, you know, a half dozen people who are kind of not into it. We're going to go and give them the time of their lives. So they go and they do it. They sing along and the band's feeding off of them and the crowd's feeding off of them. And then later, of course, the band finds out, oh, yeah, that was an improv everywhere thing. And they're so upset about it yeah. because it was a lie. It was a sort yeah. of deception. And in the same way that if it was like a bunch of trained cats in a room full of pianos so and theremins. The idea that someone didn't just like natively, naturally come to love your music in this, you know, sincere, genuine way, but that it was just organized because they thought, you know, they wanted to do a little meme or whatever or go viral for it. That's disappointing. It's nicer. It w It's still nicer the experience of having six people maybe not into it because it is more authentic in the same way. Am I connecting this? Yeah. Well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to it feeling alienating when people are just very comfortable talking about their relationship with God in conversation, which I, I see people do it with each other and where I'm like, wow, you guys are on the same page and I am not. Um, I don't know. I think that it's the same thing to me of like, but where you're just calling it the same name for like the the magic of just like a small small probability event you know what i mean mm -hmm. of i don't it's it, spinning it my sounds like here, it's small I'm, it's just too small it's too small for what the actual thing is yeah or that there's so much to, stuff yeah, that's just like up. completely inexplicable and i think it's better left that way mm -hmm. or i mean that's why i love like <laughs> annihilation um the movie not and the concept yeah, not just like things being annihilated um the movie and the southern reach trilogy of books mm -hmm. upon which it is based um but of yeah that kind of like yeah we're incapable of comprehending that we don't know or i feel that with the james webb telescope or whatever with scientific stuff i feel the same way about that like you can ask what something is, you can ask how something is happening, but I find why like an almost completely meaningless direction of inquiry. Like yeah. you're not going to know. <laughs> you're simply it's it's like a 3-year-old asking why for everything and it circles back to like it just is. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my impression is that a lot of people do lean on faith as a way of making sense of things or as a way of having some sort of structure because it is scary that everything is so um, unstructured, you know, meaningless chaos. And you but, want to be like David Byrne to those people and say, yeah, stop making sense. Yeah. Just have fun with that. Nothing. Yeah. Who, who knows, man? None of us know what's going on. And so just, just be in it. Just observe it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think we can all agree that it feels a little too big for words but maybe not too big for song. 
So with that, let's take a quick let's break. Dive in. Katie, thank you for sharing thank your story. You, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Before we talk about Christian pop culture, let's talk about the monoculture. It's time for another edition of Smarvelous, Swonderful, Swonderful, Smarvelous. Swonderful. Swonderful. Smarvelous. Smarvelous. Welcome back, my sweaty little Norse dorks. Thor is back on the silver screen in Mickey Mouse's new Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> King Kiwi of Quips himself, Taika Waititi, took me on a glorious rainbow ride of delighted confusion and left me wanting more, more, more. Thank God I stayed for the end credit scene where we were assured that Chris Hemsworth will indeed keep turning himself into an inverted pyramid of beef for our thirsty eyes. <laughs> I, for one, hope Thor 4 has all three Hemsworth brothers uniting and doing their Australian accents at each other. I just think that would be fun. Now, the movie is called Love and Thunder. And yes, there was thunder. But was there love? Mm. Sure. Moving on. My favorite part of <laughs> okay. Titty Thor, a.k.a. Mighty Thor, is that she is fatally ill with brunette disease. Oh, and Thor's God. hammer can heal her of that vicious, disgusting affliction. Whenever Natalie Portman, a.k.a. Jane Foster, a.k.a. Titty Thor, picks up that hammer in her pasty white brunette tiny little hands, the extension glot... <laughs> The extension gods bless her with a full, thick mane of barrel-curled, ombre blonde hair. Why blonde? Is it implying that by picking up Thor's hammer, you can Kirby swallow his physical appearance and are blessed with all of his features? <laughs> if so, why doesn't she have blue eyes? Why doesn't she get 10 to 12 feet added to her stature? Why doesn't she have the pyramid meat body? Just the blonde hair? And as someone... Who pays beep amount of dollars to my stylist for blonde hair? Oh, wow. I am confused, but also I kind of get it. <laughs> Kim K said she'd eat poo if it made her look hotter. And Jane Foster said, I'll pick up an energy eating hammer if it gave me bleach summer hair. And like I said, I get it. As far as plot goes, it only took one gross brunette woman and one little girl dying to motivate our main men to do something good. And for a Marvel movie, that female body count seems low. Do better, Marvel. How are all our, our men supposed to keep saving lives if all the women still have theirs? And King Valkyrie, don't get too comfortable, sweaty. Thor 4 is coming soon. 
All that said, I hope your takeaway from this review is that Thor Love and Thunder was weird and fun, and I hope you go see it with your friends and applaud loudly at the end. Me personally, I hope next time I go to the Avengers campus at Disneyland, California Adventure, there is a full wig shop where I can pick up my blonde lace front, just like my tiny, ugly hero, Dr. Jane Foster. Wow. Now, do, do we have time for like a little feedback? We get a hit with the, um, the theme song. Swan That's how we end it formally. <laughs> there needs to be a break. Does that mean there's no... Characters over. No, and now okay, we can talk okay, about now it. Okay, okay, now we can talk about it. I out of character. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, she's lights coming back Ely. in. Yeah, it's Lights, Camera, Ely is, is back. Okay. Uh, I will say there's a little bit of overlap with, with Christian pop culture and a lot of the movies that we cover on this show. The female protagonists are usually blondes. There's hardly any brunettes, so Thor they shares that are disease. Motivating. Now, and you did say multiple times, I can't wait to see this in Thor 4. Thor 4 is coming. <laughs> is it Thor 3 <laughs> or 5? I don't know. This is Thor 4 that you just watched. Oh, okay. Thor 5. <laughs> yeah. So just so fill that in. Thor 5 yourselves. is coming. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. It's so fun. <laughs> Should, shouldn't it have been called Thor 4, this one? Like Thor four seven years say. ago, yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, sorry for the spoilers, by the way. I hope no one was. That's okay. We'll do. That. I think people enjoy retroactive spoilers, like after they hear yeah. something. <laughs> I don't also feel like you spoiled almost any. Like I haven't seen it yet, and <laughs> I, I was like, so. I don't think I learned really anything because I, I knew that okay. she was in it. Did Good. this whet yeah. your appetite to want to see it a little bit more, knowing all the the hair shenanigans happened in this? And uh, I'm not well. Okay. You can be I, honest. I loved Thor Ragnarok. I'll yeah, say it. Sure. Great time. So I'm not expecting this to be as good, but I was planning on seeing it. So that. Continue the plans is what I okay, would say. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. This comes out too at the same time there's this huge uh, story about a lot of the post houses, the VFX houses for Marvel going on strike and complaining about labor conditions because they Ooh. say by far Marvel is the worst client to work <gasps> for. No they way. gave them so little time. There's so much crunch. So and much they work. ask them to do, I've heard stuff of like that they just completely skimp on costumes and stuff and they're like, they'll do it in post. Yes. <gasps> oh, and, and no. like, But you have other departments. Yeah, just That's why things the like the She-Hulk trailer coming out, it looks like a PS3 cutscene. Uh, for a TV I show, seen that and that would be one thing. But they, uh, Tessa Thompson and Taika did do this Vanity Fair video recently, where they pointed out how much the VFX suck and kind of laughed at how bad it in is in their own movie. In their own movie, <laughs> which is uh, some would say, and and VFX artists did quote tweet and say, "This is my work, and this is very insulting." Oh my god! So it's a it's an interesting Ooh, moment for that stuff. That is interesting. But I would imagine too, they'll just continue to update some of those things. Like they'll they'll like like what remember when Cats came out and it looked really oh bad. Gosh. And then they updated the movie, and it looks slightly less bad. That is an interesting thing you can do. Or Sonic, of course. Yeah, yeah. When the they put the DVD thing. out, or when it goes to streaming, mm-hmm. like the VFX would be better by then. I know it's like a software update. Now. What a nightmare! Like that, that project would be never like, ending. Why are you releasing like the beta in theaters? <laughs> And, then, and it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like it's the it's the big it's the schedule. Eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, and yet like like you know like Annihilation is probably a forty million dollar movie. That looks a lot better than a lot of the shots in Thor 4 or whatever. I think in Thor 4, didn't they also use a lot 
I forget what it's called, but they developed it for like Mandalorian or something. But that thing where instead of a green screen, it's yes. like a screen. Yeah, that room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I don't think it was for Thor, but for the next Ant-Man, they're doing that. They call that the the unit. It's something, the unit or something like that, where it's basically <laughs> everything around yeah. you. I thought it was because I saw some review of Thor where they were like, it's just too oh, maybe. bright. Like they yeah. turned it up too bright. Yeah. Was it, was it kind of ugly looking on your eyes, Caroline? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Uh, I think compared to other movies, it was, um, extremely colorful and actually very bright. Okay. (laughs) So maybe it was too bright. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm the best gauge for that, but I, I will say there was nothing where like, I can't tell what's happening here. You know, it was pretty clear. It was nice. It is, I guess, nicer than the alternative where like so many things lately are just impossibly dark. Oh, so dark. So dark. Yeah. Just different shades of like brown and black. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Those are the two things. You can go to movie theater, it's really bright, or stay at home and watch Game of Thrones and it's really dark. Oh, uh, the brighter the better, in my opinion. <laughs> I want to be blasted into my face. Yeah. America's <laughs> finest critic. It should, it should hurt. Anyway. It should hurt. I want no question what's going on up there. <laughs> I want to have a headache by the time I'm done. Wow. It is funny. I, I am still going to see it, but the blonde thing is interesting because like, I know Thor is blonde, but like, Asgardians aren't all blonde. No, no, uh, no, they're not. They have all kinds of hair. Yeah, I know. And that was that was that was the one lingering question. So I decided to base my whole review on that. <laughs> that yeah, is very funny, really though. Weird. If like that became like a popular hair th- where you know you could go like Asgardian <laughs> blonde instead yeah. of like maybe five years ago, if it becomes, we're gonna go like Targaryen blonde. It's twenty twenty two's the Rachel yeah, is yeah, going yeah. Asgardian, Asgardian blonde. blonde. Yeah. And it's such like a it's like such basic hair too. It's not like a cool braided effect or anything. It's just like soft curls like, coming uh, down like you full. got a blowout. Yeah, like mm-hmm. going to a wedding. <laughs> it's oh really wow. Weird. So to change her so whole Thor look goes to just like for dry that. Bar? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a dry bar treatment. Uh-huh. It was a 20 minute scene it's in a really dry weird. bar in the new yeah. Thor. <laughs> just don't know why they did that. Uh let's do another edition of Singles Ministry. Singles ministry. <laughs> we have a lot of jingles on this show for whatever reason. <laughs> That song was in beta for a little while. Yeah, well, and now the vocals are done by Josh Groban, uh, (laughs) my close personal friend. Singles Ministry, where we take one single song in Christian pop culture and CCM and talk about it for the rest of the segment. We're talking about Dive by Stephen Kurtz Chapman from his 1999 album, Speechless. Dive. Skeeton. Curtis Ske- Batman. Skeeton Squirtus, Squirtus Batman. Batman. Yes, of course. This is his porn <laughs> parody. And usually, you know, usually we say, let's dive into whatever the topic is at hand and use this drop. Come on, let's go. So that is usually a part of the fabric of our show wow. each and every single week. Every single week. So this is an important song. Now, Katie, you don't have that much experience with Christian pop culture. Nope. Christian rock, Christian movies. You've I not know, um, delved into the world. Alive by P.O.D. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whatever those ones, but anything that broke through yeah. in that time period. Um, the Creed stuff, the P.O.D. Oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember those. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought of a funny argument, you know, when you try to tell people like everyone has the opportunity to believe in God, even 
you, you know, people who didn't grow up around Christianity, I think you can make an argument that in America, everyone has the, had the opportunity to hear the gospel because they've heard a live. They've by heard a live. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a Switchfoot song. That's, that's the real one. I'm sorry. They had their chance. The Holy Spirit yeah. came to them through yeah. Stacey Rico. They, and they saw said, no. a walk to remember. They heard Manny Moore sing only hope <laughs> and it fell. Some of those seeds fell on, on the, on the rocks, on, the on rocks. deaf ears. Dry unfortunately. Rocks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As I, it happened I with Miss Platinum. Yeah, I did and not so, latch on wow. when yeah, I was given the chance. God was rocks pursuing right now. you, you know, through that, and you said, no thanks. This song, <laughs> Drive, I listened to earlier today. First time I'd ever heard it. And I wasn't... But the last time you've ever heard it? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, it was... It is very funny because I wasn't sure what year it was from, but I was like, oh, this is absolutely... Like, this came out within two years of, like... Barely breathing by Duncan Sheik. It had to have yes. for just like the production. <laughs> I know. Song? I know Duncan Sheik mostly from Spring Awakening. Weirdly, uh, barely breathing. But Duncan Sheik is a singer-songwriter type fella. This is his big song. Because this has to have been like '99 or 2000. This is 1996. Holy fuck! We all know the chorus, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and with that, let's take a listen to Dive. I'll try to hit Very the goalpost on this 90s one. Production. Listen to that drum sound. Come All right, on. this is the GCF podcast coming at you at the top of the hour. Traffic in the 405 is looking not so good. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, call your mom, call your dad on the way home, just in case you don't make it. That's right, you might get in a car wreck. I hope you don't. And I'm sorry I put that in your head right now, but uh, stay safe and stay driving. And with that, let's finally listen to a song called Dive. Okay, hey, it's me, Kevin, back on the air. Oh, no. I do have a prepared statement to read. I'm so sorry <laughs> for suggesting ready. death on all those Thanksgiving Day travelers. And with that, good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> yeah, one more time. <laughs> I know. It can bring the dead to life, and it can fill an empty soul and give a heart the only thing worth living and worth dying for. Yeah. The four or five. And so on and so forth. Wow. Stephen Curse Chapman. Wow. So Dive. I think I would put Dive squarely in the lineage of Christian songs, past, present, and certainly in the future, that all hinge on water metaphors. It is... 
Yeah. Water is important. Water is so important to the Christian faith and in Christian art. From hymns like As the Deer Panteth for the Water is taken right. from scripture to modern day classics like Oceans mm-hmm. by Hillsong very, United. Like, I guess is it just a baptism thing? As far as water goes? Yeah. I mean, just because the lyrics of this seem to suggest some sort of jumping in for a rebirth. Yeah. I take issue with the, like, you can't, you don't, there's no reason to be alive if you're not witnessing God. Oh, you don't think that's too extreme? (laughs) It's, it's aggressive. This is mainstream (laughs) stuff. I didn't realize, yeah, maybe how, um, the more I read about the lyrics in here, the more that this feels like a natural disaster going on. You it's, know, this isn't just like a lovely river going through, you know, the forest. This is like, you know, powerful yeah. rushing waters. Like mm-hmm. he says flood. Mm-hmm. You Why know? aren't we looking at this music hmm. as the as the culprit when like a teenager does a jump off a high rock into a river and hits their head and dies. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's we're not turning to games. metal or rap or video games for violence. Like, no, it's what probably about Stephen Curtis being Chapman. a dumbass? Well, and I'm so water. glad you bring that up because Stephen Curtis Chapman's music alone is responsible for at least 80 diving related deaths in the, Ooh, in America so alone. But alone. I, and what's crazy is none of them have regrets. No, they don't. <laughs> None because of the they, total faith. Because yeah, they yeah, say yeah. they always leave a note behind saying it was worth living and dying for. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, okay, fair the enough. The action Just, was clear and I ah, took it with full like, understanding of what could happen. They Jumping understood. off the top of the Grand Canyon going, yeah. I'm going to get it. Of course. <laughs> I, think, I think the thrust or the MO of this song, as I understand it, there's a lot of, uh, th- there's two songwriting styles we talk about on the show a lot where there's uh horizontal songwriting which is you talking to other people about god and then there's vertical which is you talking to god Uh and this is definitely in the horizontal camp of hey guys this is the christian life this is what the christian faith is and it does feel like a youth-oriented rebrand of excitement and engaged in drama and actually chapman did speak to it from the liner notes of one of those wild compilations he talked about a dive was inspired by my pastor and friend, Scotty Smith. One sermon gave an example of a fishing story where he was out with a friend standing chest deep in a stream, catching hundreds of tra- trout everywhere they cast their rods. From the shore Hundreds? On- hundreds. Uh, he might be telling the tall hundreds. tale right here. Uh, from the shore, onlookers were amazed because none of them had caught any fish. That experience is so much what it is like to follow Jesus what? Christ. <laughs> you got to put <laughs> on your waders. Fishing. <laughs> if we're going to do it, we've got to really dive in deep to lose lose ourselves in the flow of the living water. All those emotions and the experiences of excitement, risk, and anticipation are what I wanted to capture in this song. And I get that. It does feel like a PR campaign to maybe make Christianity a little less dusty and to appeal to a certain... You, it, it feels like a spiritual sequel, literally, to The Great Adventure. Yes, so a part oh, of a project totally. where he's done, yeah. he, has a, he has a song from the 1980s called The Great mm. Adventure, which is the course is saddle up your horses. We got a trail of blaze. So the Christian life in this little man's mind. I mean, just actually go outside. <laughs> just go outside and like it. What do you have to do this for? <laughs> like, but why do you like the outside? There could be Who more. created the outside? It, it feels like, yeah, you- every once in a while there comes along someone in their generation where it's like, Christianity is too much about thinking and studying and, you know, rational, cautious approach to everything. And that's just 
not me. You know? I, I, I want to be, yeah, I want to drown. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to shake it up and bring some energy to this space. And mm-hmm. they are rewarded because it's like, yay, we all have energy, you know, like it's cool. But I, I'm reading the lyrics and I'm like, this feels like a specific situation he's thinking about. Like in Christianity, how often is it that you are like, I don't know, but I guess I'll just like leap into the darkness and it'll be fine. You know, like Christianity is not filled with darkness when you describe yeah, the, like the experience the leap of, of it often, you know, is an interesting yeah, thing here get, yeah, where it's like it a lot, but, the know. leap of faith makes it seem like you should be having fear and that you are conquering. <laughs> you, you know what like I mean? Tossing it behind. But yeah, he doesn't address like what would be the fear that is holding you back? Um, yeah. I guess maybe beyond just like, or I don't I know, not being scared of adventures. What makes it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you a well, nerd? A lot of kids have adventure phobia. Oh, sure, you're going to get a little water up your nose? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> do I get a wedgie? I think what feels unwelcoming about it to me is, yeah, that implication of like, you can't just dip a toe in. Right, like you are yeah. in, you can't or you wait are in out. And figure it's it a out very as you all go. Or nothing proposition, and that also, honestly, like to, to, for to, to compare it to Scientology again, is of like, get, no, you if you want to be in this, you give us all your money. Yeah. Like you are ours now. You are in this totally. flood, and you cannot get like you. N- maybe someone will rescue you. Like it is a weird metaphor in it terms is weird, of like right. No, but for real, you could die jumping into like a flash flood or what? Or where are you? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to think like what it what is an experience he had where it felt risky to follow God or something, but he was like, I'm just gonna give, I'm just gonna go in it with abandon. Like, was it like a mission trip he had to go on? Was it like just the idea of becoming a Christian at all and all that entails? I think this is part of the lineage of the. Um or part of the rather historical trend of what happened in a lot of late 90s Christianity and evangelical culture, which is the ascension of martyrdom narratives and the idea yeah. that following Christ takes your all. Because that was also very important to Christian persecution myths in America is that you, people will be against you. I mean, that if, is... If you're a part of this... Headlines of that now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, then, people will... Uh, try to antagonize you. God doesn't just want you on Sunday. He wants you every night of the week. He wants you every day. Mm-hmm. You're his and he's yours and blah, 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 blah. So this, the, the kind of all in, you have to dive all the way in feels typical of that, of that. World That's so view. true. And, and like kind of take with that other feeling of like, you can't be listening to rock music and then also be a Christian. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing of like, you can't be partaking in just mainstream culture and then also be going to church and consider yeah. yourself a Christian, which was this huge moment in the 90s and 2000s was like, no, that those are at odds with each other. And so you need to dive into the sacrifice of being a weird person and just <laughs> like truly not engaging with anything but God and yeah. that sort of or that culture. Feels the same to me of people who are like, well, I'm I'm homeschooling because I don't even want my kids to be exposed to these exactly. ideas. What's wrong with homeschooling? Nothing's wrong with homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, I, you, like, but, you need a really sanitized environment. Exactly, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, not even interfacing with anything different. Right. Where, where it, To me, is very clearly, I mean, it's sincerely like abuser tactics of like separate yourself from anything else that you are attached to. Mm-hmm. You belong to this only now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no compromise. Nobody yeah. else gets to have a little bit more sway over you. And I think like not even that complete lack of willingness to even engage with like, even if you end up saying this specific music or whatever is decidedly not Christian, just like even having the discussion of why or why not, or mm-hmm. what makes you think that that mm-hmm. that cl- closed mindedness, I guess. Yeah, I think is just very weird to me. It is weird, and it, yeah, and we are living in the legacy now of like if something is not Christian, it is dangerous and it is like insidious in some way, you know. And like we don't need to explain ourselves further, you know. And if it's not Christian, all the bad outcomes in your life or the country is because of that. Is because it yeah. wasn't infused with like god aroma you know well and then there's so much of the just hierarchy built in of who is telling you what you can listen to or not or who gets to decide what is christian or not yeah Mm -hmm. so perhaps a corrective to this (laughs) song would be if steven took another little draft he went to his little desk in his hobbit hole and he he rewrote it and it wasn't called dive it was just called taking a dip taking a dip it's just like a little dip maybe you're you're I'm into it or also out. i'm getting out i'm going back in because yeah. i'm too hot <laughs> started in the kiddie pool in the shallows to the deep never yeah. mind just stay you know? in the yeah. shallow. or even something of like would you like to swim with me yeah instead of <laughs> yeah. like the abandon you better jump all the way in you pussy an invitation (laughs) (laughs) no he is known to scream that at some (laughs) show yeah and honestly i'm sure like we're reading into it more than he would have intended like i think part of it though but it is a part of like yeah these other things that that i know if i had listened to this song as a youth grouper i would have taken it as like yeah and there should be nothing in my life that isn't strictly codified into my christianity in some way yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, just for what I was saying earlier about where you can tell that someone like if someone's entire deal is filtered through that. I think that's the kind of thing where I'm like, but you're like on alien. purpose cutting yourself off from other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not everybody does that. Or I know that like even things that are technically Christian, but like Jesuit or whatever, that some of right. that more inquiry or discussion type stuff is part of that. And great. Um, actually, there's this book called The Sparrow. Have I ever read it? No. By Mary, Mary Doria Russell. It's from the 90s. It's a sci-fi novel about a Jesuit mission to another planet. Oh. Um, but it's like a lot of fun. Set in the year 2019. Is it really? Which is very funny. Oh, yes. <laughs> I forgot that. It's so good. And Wait, I but what happens? Um, wow. So much happens. It's It's great. And so, like, one of the main characters is the Jesuit priest who went on this mission. But there's a lot of, like, linguistics and anthropology and sciencey stuff of, like, how are we going to figure out this planet? And then, like, the culture of what the society is there. And mm. um, it's very interesting. But it does have a lot of tie-ins. For one, it references a bunch of, like, Jewish mystic kind of stuff. For one of the characters is a Sephardic Jew. And then... on the Jesuit side of things like I I can't recite it well enough or tell you like what biblical references or whatever were in there but I loved that book and thought that it was like a very good version of taking those things and then like that view of how do we apply this practically or how do we see that oh this story does connect in this certain way and so here's the meaning that I'm kind of 
taking from this association or taking from this experience right. without it being so rigid. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like, I, anyway, it's a good book. And making it accessible to an alien group that wouldn't have any relationship to this otherwise. Is that... They're that not exactly missionaries in that oh, okay. sense, or it kind of doesn't get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of that it's like that's kind of the basis or like who is funding this trip. Oh, okay. um, yeah. It's good. I need to read that book. That I loved good. it. It's good out. if you like um, sci-fi or linguistics or or the year 2019 yeah if you love that a couple some small parts of it are in puerto rico (laughs) if that gets you in now i I have some friends that are puerto rican i'm in yeah yeah Yeah. uh for this sort of thing i don't i don't know if y'all got to uh (laughs) check out i'm sure not check out the the music video for this song at all of course this whole thing is about I mean, and it feels like we're landing upon this isn't an effort to make Christianity appealing probably to a younger demographic, but this is the way he's doing it, which is Stephen Curtis Chapman just standing in front of a green screen and having various diving energy or imagery. Like divers, like high divers. Yes. And he's just, you know, dancing around. Looks like a nice little man. Oh, it's like an amusement park. He also, like, they showed him like he was about to jump off of a huge bridge. And then he is standing in the water. Like, that is not deep enough to jump into. Yeah, also, I don't know if jumping off a huge bridge is also the imagery you want to go for. That's what I mean. I think, where are the parents? Again, (laughs) the amount of Stephen Curtis Chapman related deaths in this nation is appalling. huge wave. It's an actual (laughs) epidemic. And of course, you know, because this is, uh, Katie, we do, we'll do a quick version of our segment, which we call Cover Me, which is where we go to YouTube and do find little covers that we can find of of the songs. And there's certainly uh, various versions of it. There's one with a father and his sons, where his little son is is wearing his goggles. Things like that, but the the ones I found the most rich were uh, the the kind of choreographed dances yes. that would happen oh. in a church context. Oh my god! And this is like where they're very literally acting out oh, the lyrics, and matching T-shirts. Yes, two two uh, young girls in in matching blue, just standing in t-shirts. front of a drum kit with nobody at <laughs> it. Even if they're all even some. Uh, oh, blue we, shirts we did here find too. some wow. some more blue shirts. Uh, a ribbon dance. Maybe uh, yes. this is like some specific cult where they wear blue shirts and they do this song. because they dove in and what colors water? It's blue. It's real. No, I just feel like it is very funny to me. I mean, and I think that this goes hand in hand with um, believing in the Bible, but taking things so fucking literally. <laughs> it's blue. It was water. So <laughs> we, like, damn, that's true. Um, yeah, being literal is is the the greatest joy of Christianity. <laughs> I, I like so. yeah. the mess. I want um, things to. No. Like I always say, take the Bible literally, not seriously. <laughs> yeah, I've always said I've been very consistent yeah. about that. Yeah, and any if anyone has ever like had to study literature, even in like English class in high school, it's like clear. You know, you're supposed to get into it, make meaning. You know, make it up a little bit. Yeah, that's where it's good. That's yeah. the good stuff. Just the complete lack of like real analysis going on. 
I think on that note, we're ready to rate this freaking song. The way this works, Katie, is we oh. give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Oh, rate. I thought you said write. I was like, we get to write our Now we get to rewrite <laughs> it. And we're doing the Take a Dip we're song. We're going to do our we're own take two cover. hours. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> take a dip. I'm getting it. I'm getting out. I'm, getting I'm dipping in. My I'm tummy's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to wash my hair. It's <laughs> waiting my sunscreen in. to dry. The thumbs up is a holy toast. That's when we send this song all the way to heaven. Or Holy Roast, that's when we send it down. Which is real and literal and does exist. Yeah. Uh, or this we send is, it I to mean, Purgatory. The strong, oh, okay, there's Purgatory. I was going to say the real dichotomy here. If we're not black and white. There we is, get one gray area yeah. as well. <laughs> and it's Dave Matthews' band on Gray Street, of course, famously. Uh, that He has a song called Gray Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gray area, Famous. Gray yeah. Street. No, I knew it. So, Caroline, we <laughs> start with you. Um, yeah, I mean, this song is... Uh, an absolute mess. It's a menace. <laughs> it's a dangerous, r- 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 terrible song. Um, I do have to give it a thumbs up because it is GCF lore and I got to stand by my man. And the thing is, on, <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is like whatever his big adventure song. Uh, I, whenever I listen to uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman I always think he seems like a fun guy and I think I would be friends with him he doesn't seem too intense uh, I mean despite what this song he's friends with a guy that caught hundreds of trout <laughs> I d- yeah. doesn't that sound like a good time are you gonna time? besmirch that man I'm sorry I named uh, a cooler person my pastor caught hundreds of trout <laughs> <laughs> my pastor can catch more fish than your pet what a and, weird and that's view. what God is like uh, so thumbs up holy toast holy toast from Caroline we turn it to Katie I'm torn. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm going to send this one to Purgatory. Okay, okay. It's um, a great street. <laughs> because I, I think that if this was a song that I heard on the radio, I would have to hear it probably a couple times before I would notice what it was actually about. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I would go, oh. Hey. Wait, oh. Um, <laughs> I found it weird not offensive, but not even like as horrifying as I thought it could be in a way of where earlier today, Kevin asked me if I had a preference for like a genre of song. And I said, no, but I I would like to feel baffled. (laughs) And this, how are you feeling? I feel like this didn't go. Okay. So I love American Ninja warrior and there is that has a strong Christian vibe. You can tell in the community that there's like part of the community that's very that and part that's like, no. Katie, I've known intense Christian men who have gone on and been contestants on that (gasps) show for real. Yes. My friend, Sean, who was a big, uh, what's that? Sean Fute. No, no, Sean fucked. No, uh, Sean, I won't say his last name, but he was a big proponent of running barefoot when I knew him. Uh, Interesting. Like outdoors. But yes, yes, he was, he was a contestant on, well, there's Ninja someone Warrior. that's like one of the stars of Ninja Warrior that is like uh, also like a worship leader and plays bass in like a band. Oh my and gosh, whenever they show clips star. of that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Weird. Um, and so this was more musically neutral to me where I was like, the song itself is not offensive musically. So it, all right, I'm I'm going to go Purgatory because I think Space it's between. very weird lyrically, mm-hmm. but it was not so bad that I feel a need to send it to hell. Okay. Great, great logic. Uh, a case was made. Put it in Purg. Like She-Hulk herself, the famous lawyer, uh, rendered so beautifully on that show. Lawyer. I, uh, listen, Steven is continuing this project 
that so many people revisited over the decades, really over the, you know, probably the centuries. How do we make Christianity appealing to today's demographic? Mm. And we the, don't let them be exposed to anything that's else. Right. Keep them in the house. The path he chose was to narrativize it in the sense <laughs> of you are going, Christianity is not he didn't do the relationship of it he didn't do the romance of god like Mm -hmm. people have done it more recently he chose the excitement and the adventure of it you get to be a part of a wonderful story and you and god are the center of it and you get to be wrapped up and sort of ensorcelled by natural elements it's not fire it's not wind it's water yeah but for me i I'm 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 sticking on Gray Street. I'm I'm giving it a space between as well. Caroline, um, you're the only one giving it a holy toast. This is a shock today. This I has know. been like the soundtrack of your life for the last five years. Have I seen him perform this live in concert like twenty something years ago? I sure have. Have you I said, listened to this song? You said 20, I thought you were going to say twenty something times. And I was twenty like, oh, something yeah. times. <laughs> I just wanted to make thing. sure I didn't like it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, a space between respect for, uh, the drop on our show. We're not going to change that anytime, but, uh, I, I, I do see Katie's points with it as Being well. Being a drop is not enough no. to get you into heaven. Sorry. No, not for this. Yeah. I, I do think it's musically fun though. And nice in the beep boop, beep boop, like chic core sort of sense. exact late 90s actually Dave Matthews band too like whatever recording style of like snare turned off snare drum that with like one of those big fat sticks Mm -hmm. and it's they all sound it's such a specific sound I remember that Uh, I can't wait to talk about drums more but but before that we gotta we gotta bring down the energy a little bit and Katie we're dimming the lights in here. We're lighting the candles. We're bringing it into a more worshipful space. And on other shows, maybe you, you know, talk about your social media handles or you plug your projects or something. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up to the Lord from the river. So it's very oh, wet. Anything okay. that you're lifting up. Is... So we're like fishing for my plugs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're fishing for some plugs. And then we lift it up to God. Wow. Everything about this is tracking, right? This is not a disappointing Perfect. amount of trout I'm about to give you, but... Um, <laughs> it's going to be a crazy uh, amount of fish. And then maybe maybe we can lift up something that you're enjoying, not not in Christian culture, but in secular culture as well. Oh, sure. Just to balance it out. I'll, we always, we always want to give some, some, ti- some uh, time to the opposition. Yes. I would love to party. lift up... This isn't culture, but uh, Rainier cherries are really good right now. Ooh. Okay. Um, so... Yum. Fruit is that too Christian? Okay, um, like the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, uh, I watched um, Ex Machina last night. Still really good. Uh, uh, is that his best? Oof, I have just like a strong sentimental attachment to Annihilation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think Ex Machina might be better. I think so too. Is that funny? It's really good. Um, let's see, and then other stuff. Um. I don't know. I'll plug my thing. I have um, a painting that's going to be in a gallery here. So yeah. if you're in LA, Congrats. you can go to La Luz de Jesus Gallery, which is in the back of Wacko on Hollywood. Nice. Um, it'll be there from July 16th to August 28th. Um, and then, yeah, I post art stuff on Instagram, Katie Doodle Hands. Katie, uh, Doodle, Katie Doodle Hands. And I will add, uh, her art is displayed... 
in our recording studio every week. Oh, yeah. That's right. A little portrait of Dexter. In the office. Gorgeously framed each day I choose to walk the good boy's path. That is a Katie <laughs> Doodle Hands original. That's Dexter's religion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing that water metaphor crap. It's a path. <laughs> yeah. I'm just walking I'm it. Walking. <laughs> you're the good boy or you're bad boy. Yeah. It's That's it. The two boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have a much, I don't know, um, speech, uh, talk to your kids. or Talk um, to your kids. Talk to your kids. Thank, you, thank you for saying that. Questions about that? Send me a DM. I don't know. Um, Her DMs are open. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Katie Two Hands on Twitter. Katie Two Hands or Katie Doodle Hands on Instagram. I don't really post on my personal one. I don't care. Um, otherwise, I'm not doing anything. At uh, all. The Beatles podcast happens sometimes. You can go listen to old ones. You can We're subscribe really to it. It's it a great show. What's it called? It's called Screw It. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Katie. We turn it to Caroline. Um, Maybe you don't want to dive into the flood. Maybe you want to just chill on like the steps you take down into the pool. Mm. That spot. That's what it's like to follow me at Caroline's Farts. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) This week, I'm going to lift up um, a show I've been really enjoying. I haven't finished it yet, so we'll see where it goes. But it's Irma Vep with Alicia Alicia Vikander. Vikander, yeah. Um, I... I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a crew making a show within this show, and she's like a Marvel star who's like trying to do something cool. Because it's based on an older movie. Yeah, it's anytime very they try to yeah describe like what it's referencing, it's very confusing. But I just like the vibe of it. It's it's kind of like serious and it's kind of interesting and lots of good actors in it. So uh, I hope you guys watch it. Oh yeah, who will? No, it's on it's HBO, on HBO Max. Max. You're a Maxinista. Maxinista always. <laughs> Hey, so, sometimes I'll just click over. Caroline and I do share an account. And you check I'll, what we're watching. I'll click and see like, oh, they're watching Irma Vep. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. I should do that to you. I should see what you're watching. You'll see that I've been watching Batman Forever for the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say things that are in our watching tab, not always true. There have been some interlopers on our profile. And then also sometimes I start something and never finish it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will keep that just in mind. Just keep that in certain. mind. Be Thank fair. You. Be kind. Be Hey, Guys, be kind. Be kind. Uh, kind of our catchphrase here. You, yeah, no, that's our catchphrase. It There's is. no one in the culture right now who's really emphasizing kindness. And so we're filling that void on our show. We miss it. I'm going to emphasize that. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. And you know what I mean when I say everywhere. Uh, and I will lift up... Um, man, I don't know. What, what do I want to lift up? You know what I watch? I watch The Firm... That, that Tom Cruise legal thriller from 1994 or whatever. Nice. It's a Grisham, isn't it? Grisham adaptation. Back when a movie <laughs> was a just... So oh, yeah. Stupid. It's a real Grisham, all right. Back <laughs> when a movie was just uh, Tom Cruise solving a problem and Gene Hackman yelling. That's what a movie used to <laughs> it's be. That's all you need. That, that's, what it, that's what they used to be. I watched that. Margot Martindale's in it as Tom Cruise's secretary. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, so there's much also on HBO Max. This is just an HBO Max BonCon hey. episode. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's right. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash good Christian fun for more good Christian fun every week. And leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This one's charity is of course every town for gun safety. Katie, thank you so much thank for joining for us on the show. Here. A treat. Thanks for How for fun. diving into the waters with us. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. learned so much. Oh, good. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get you a towel. We'll dry you <laughs> off. You don't have to this stay in here. This is like a here. really wet 
religion, right? Yeah. <laughs> Soaking. <laughs> That's what all people say the all time. the time. Oh my God. Just He's like dripping so Christian. Absolutely dripping Christ. <laughs> and there's nothing left to say except for, okay, okay I, I love you. you. Thank, Thank you, you Emma. Emma. Amen. Amen. Katie, what's a, what's a Beatles song maybe we could go out with? We, we've done Christian music enough oh here my. tonight. Um, I'd say maybe, Corny, I'm saying let it be. Let's just do it. Yeah. That was exactly what I thought, but I didn't want to be a little too on the nose and disappoint the, the you know, the true fan. But yeah, let's do Let It Be, which, of course, when Caroline sings is... Let It Be. Let It Be. Yeah. yeah. I was holding back really? <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> Glad you let me say that. Um, yes. Which in the across the universe, I believe the version is like a gospel version at a funeral, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like a protest scene, but That's someone right. got shot. That's right. And there's a funeral of some the sort. Sings it. And on that note of a funeral, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, sorry. Don't get too wet now, you hear? Nice. Let it be. Let it be, let it be Whisper words of wisdom, let it be That was a HeadGum Podcast.